guys, welcome to the Scripture Study Project, the 100th episode of the Scripture Study Project. We have to pay extra for those fancy sound effects. We're here for our 100th episode. It's the Scripture Study Project, our podcast that gives you a fresh and faithful perspective of the scriptures that we hope will renew your excitement for your own personal study and help you passionately teach what you are learning to others. We are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, and we're glad to be here today. Um, and like we said, it's one episode 100. Wait, one more bell. We hope that doesn't blast you out. We're, well, we won't tell them our secrets, but it might have to do with our five-year-old's musical set. Just saying. I don't know. Um, so we thought that something that I've been thinking a lot about is, well, that question sometimes comes to me of, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, and so I've actually had this question on my mind, and so we thought that might be something fun um, to ask the question for each of us, what has been, um, what has the podcast studying our scriptures in this way? And Zach, you kind of already do it, I guess, a little bit with your career, but this is a little different even from that, having this consistent year-long study. So we'll ask the question for you. What what do you think over this past 100 episodes? I think the idea behind this is we've had so many people that have talked to us and shared with us what the what the podcast has done for them. And it's done exactly what we've hoped it's done. It's started powerful scripture study for you. We talk about this all the time, but um, there are tons and tons of resources out there. Um, But if we're not careful, we can get kind of resource overload when studying the scriptures. And so there's workbooks and there's study guides and there's content, 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 which is great, but we never wanted to be that. We wanted to be something that sparked your own passion and your own incredible experience. And so we've heard from so many people that have said that's what's happening for them, which makes us really happy. But as for what's happening for us, we thought it'd be a good thing to share in this episode. So for me, um, I think the thing that this podcast has done for me is because of so many of you out there commenting and writing and being so open and real with us as you have been, um, I have a testimony that the scriptures are the living word of God and is God's way of teaching us in our everyday life. I have that testimony stronger than I think I've ever had it. Um, As people write in what this week's study or this particular reference or this particular idea has done for them in their personal life and how it's changed them, um, I have the reoccurring thought this is God speaking to his children. He's doing it real time. This isn't just something old that he said once that we're trying to figure out how it applies to us. This is God talking now. Um, It's happened, maybe most importantly, it started happening far more often for me where I'm turning to the scriptures for everyday help for my everyday life. And I feel like God is using that tool along with others in my life to teach me and coach me and change me and and mold me and um, and I love it and so that's my testimony of scripture study project and living scripture study, which is what we try and practice here on the podcast and what it sounds like so many of you are doing so well. For me, this is kind of a big question, but it's actually something I've been I've been thinking a little bit about um, as we kind of move into a new 
year of the podcast next year and kind of thinking about what we want to do next. But um, I may have shared this already, and some of you might know already that when we we started this podcast, um, it was my idea to start the podcast. It was my idea for Zach. I didn't want to be really be a part of it. I wasn't opposed to it. I just never thought. Like I said, yeah, you should do a podcast. Um, sounded like a really cool idea, but not necessarily for me. Um, I think back to when we started recording some of our first episodes and um, they were like super quiet and I didn't know how to talk in front of a microphone, let alone even like thinking that other people were actually going to listen to it. So, um, but something that kept me going, even though I had those fears um, and that I didn't really want to have to talk to people, um, was that I wanted to be a voice for women. I wanted myself and I wanted other women to know that um, you can be strong and powerful in God's word and that um, he teaches everyone if we reach out to him through the scriptures. And I think, I know that I was messaging, I got a DM from someone that said, like, I've just never, like, I'm 37 and this and I've never studied the New Testament in this way. And I said, yep, I'm two years behind you. I'm 35, and I've never studied the New Testament in this way. So I am not an experienced teacher. But what I have felt is that um, God's word is for everyone. It doesn't matter your experience or how many times you've read the New Testament or the Book of Mormon or any scripture that God is going to speak to you. And I think that's what I felt through the podcast. I have absolutely loved studying the scriptures in this way. Um, and maybe even that preparation for sharing has pushed me a lot harder than I usually push myself, um, with my studies, even though I love to study the scriptures, but it just, you know, that feeling when you have to prepare something, it's just a little more intensive. Um, and I am just grateful that, um, to get to work with God, um, in sharing his word. And I think that's, what has been so humbling for me is just to get to feel him, not only in the scriptures, but in my life. And I guess hopefully that, that makes answers. Yeah, hopefully that. So I we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you for sharing your experiences in the scriptures because it's just, it is just so fun for us. We love to, I don't even like to say geek out because I don't think the scriptures are geeky, but it's really fun for us to, um, get to do this yeah. and have so many this community where we get to share and learn together so there we go okay this episode is first and second peter and we want to start i want to start by actually introducing us a bit more personally to peter these are some of my favorite epistles because peter is one of my favorite people in all of scripture he's extremely relatable to me i think i've mentioned this in previous episodes but I love the Nephi's and the Captain Moroni's. They're wonderful, but I have a hard time relating to them because I've never been a Nephi or a Captain Moroni. Um, I also love the Alma the Youngers and the Pauls, but I've also never been an Alma the Younger or the Paul. I've never been that horrible of a sinner with that incredible of a conversion story. I identify a lot with the Peters. I identify a lot with these people that are just average and that become something more than average. And that's what Peter's story is, his personal story, and that's what his epistle is about. So uh, bear with me for just a minute. In John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, 
um, John narrates the first instance of Peter meeting Jesus. This starts in John chapter 1, verse 36. When John the Baptist looked upon Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God, the two disciples, two of John the Baptist's disciples, heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What seek ye? They said to him, Rabbi, where dwellest thou? And he said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon. By the way, Peter's name is Simon. It's not even Simon Peter. It's Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon son of Jonah, or Simon son of John. Um, that's his name. So Andrew finds his own brother Simon and says to him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. I love that description of Peter. And it strikes me how often God uses stones. Um, one of my friends pointed this out to me recently. How often God uses stones in his work. For example, uh, the brother of Jared is inspired to bring stones to the Lord. Of course, here's the instance of God calling Simon Peter, which is Cephas means a small stone or a stone. Later on in Matthew 16, Peter will have that experience with the Savior when Jesus says to him, upon this rock, meaning Peter, upon you I will build my church. And I know it alternately means building upon revelation and this revelatory process, but um, I think it also means I'm going to build this church on you. I'm going to make you a foundational piece of, of this church that I'm building. Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon through stones. Uh, later on, Joseph Smith referred to himself as a rough stone rolling. And then to cap it all off, this isn't a story about stones, but in John chapter 2, the first miracle that Jesus performs is turning water into wine. Stringing all of these things together, um, I think we come away with a very powerful truth about Jesus Christ, and it's this. Jesus can, and maybe even likes to, take people who think they are ordinary and make them into something extraordinary. It's almost as if he said to Joseph, I'm going to do something incredible for you. And unless you think, unless you think that it takes remarkable people to do incredible things, I want you to take those stones right there and use those stones to translate the Book of Mormon. When Peter meets him, he says, I'm gonna, I call you a stone, but out of this stone, out of this little stone that you are, I'm going to build an entire church. I'm going to call apostles just like you. And upon this foundation of apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, I'm going to build a church. Um, I love that Jesus Christ can, and maybe even likes to, take ordinary people like Peter and like me and make them into something extraordinary. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter himself summarizes this. This is verse 4. As you come to him, meaning Jesus Christ, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, 
to offer, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He'll tack on some more incredible titles in verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession. The King James Version says a peculiar people, but peculiar means a special possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, Peter's testimony is... I know that God can take ordinary stones like you and me, and because he is the living stone, because he's the living water, and because he's this powerful God, he can take ordinary people like you and me and make us into incredible things like him. That's the message of First and Second Peter. And it's fitting because the people that Peter's writing to, most of them are probably Gentiles, are going through intense persecution because of their Christianity. And Peter wants them to endure uh, but not just endure, he wants them to endure and change. And so this episode is all about how we how we struggle through difficulties, how we endure through pains and trials, and how we become something better. How we go from an ordinary stone, from a rough stone that rolls down a hill into a polished stone, into something that's strong and powerful, and upon which the Lord can build a foundation or through which he can do incredible, amazing things. The first thing Peter starts with in these epistles um, is in chapter 1, verse 3. I think very appropriate. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this. Um he reminds us what our focus needs to be in times of endurance. And I think what that general message that I feel in these two letters from Peter is that idea of we have something great to hope off of. Remember what you're enduring for. And what, one of the things that not only we're enduring for, but that helps us endure is um, this living hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I think that's a beautiful way to kind of begin and frame that idea of, of how and why we endure. Well, the Come Follow Me manual points this out, that despite the fact that the audience that's reading First and Second Peter is probably being persecuted left and right, Peter's epistles are very hopeful and very optimistic. And it's because of this, because he knows the reason why we're pushing through difficulties and why we're enduring trials. Um, and I think he wanted to remind them mm -hmm. the reason why, because just like today, um, it's easy to forget. Verse 7, a little bit further down from what you were reading, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And then I've come to love, verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. In other words, there's a reason why you're going through this. There's a goal at the end, and it might be difficult to remember, but that's the living hope that you're talking about. It helps us remember that there's a point, there's a there's a there's an end to this faithful endurance, and it's the salvation of God. It's living with God. It's being in heaven. It's enjoying all that He has. And I I think Peter has a lot of this experience firsthand from what he experienced with the Savior. It's almost like he already saw the resurrected Lord and knew what it was like to hope off of that. And this is what he's passing on to us is like, no, you don't understand. This really feels amazing. This really is going to happen. I felt it. 
I know and you can hope off of it because of what I have experienced. And he, you feel that passion in these letters that he wants to remind us of what, what beauty is to come if, through that living hope. One of the points that I love that Peter made uh, comes in 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, before I read, I started looking up some definitions of the word endure. So this is, this is from uh, the Cambridge Dictionary. To endure means to experience and bear something difficult, painful, or unpleasant. From dictionary.com, to hold out against, to sustain without impairment or yielding. And then Webster, to continue in the same state or to last, to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. Now, keep that in mind as I read the first two verses in chapter 4. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. In other words, to endure trials uh, means to change, right? He that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. The difficulties that I've gone through have changed me. The goal of enduring is not to continue in the same state or to last or to not yield or to be unbending. It's actually the opposite of that. It is to yield. It is to mold. It is to change. It's to let trials and difficulties change who I am, change the way that I think. Of course, God helps us do that in the right way so that we change closer, to become closer to him and become more like him. But the goal of trials and difficulties was never just to see how staunch and strong we can be. It was to see how sanctified we could become. Listen to this. Verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing had happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. It's supposed to change you, to become more like him. In 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter gets specific with how this actually works. Um, I tried to find a one or two of these verses that I could read, and I couldn't narrow them down, so I'm just going to read all of them. <laughs> this is, uh, I will start in verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto all of us, given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, God has a way for you to become like him, to be partakers of the divine nature and escape corruption. And his path of that is change, repentance, and a lot of that, a lot of times that comes because we're enduring through something that's difficult. And so Peter gets specific, starting in verse 5. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall be neither bare nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 10. Wherefore, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
what I've loved about this from an intellectual standpoint, from a doctrinal standpoint, is that sufferings and enduring sufferings are meant to change us. I've loved it on a personal level because the past couple of months have been really hard for me individually, and there's been some things that I've had to endure, and they've changed me. And it's been exciting and, and even spiritual for me to experience this change that's come to me as I've been faced with difficult things, tried my best to endure them, but also tried to be humble and willing to change. And that makes it sound like I'm bragging, but I'm not. I'm just testifying of the truth that I think enduring in faith means to change and to become more like the Savior. Oh, I love that. And I loved um, some of those verses that you read really stuck out to me too. And maybe for probably actually the same reasons that um, that you did, but that idea of um, that first sentence, he hath he has given us everything required for life and godliness through knowledge of him. And it made me think of, um, well, not only the tools, but that we have access to in the scriptures, but also, um, that scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in John fourteen twenty six, that, um, Jesus says he's going to leave the Holy ghost that as um, our comforter, that he's going to be there. And that wasn't the only time he said that, but I think one of those tools that we can use um, is that he leaves his spirit with us to help us change and to become something um, greater than ourselves or ourselves in a greater form. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. (laughs) So um, anyway, just to kind of wrap up um, this as we move into 2 Peter, um, I feel like this was kind of and I, I read this somewhere when I was studying about this, but just that this was this letter was written pretty quickly after the first letter. And this was kind of this like, okay, wait, don't forget. Don't forget this stuff. This is also important where he kind of um, just reminds them of why they're doing what they're doing, why they're enduring these things. And so starting with that idea of like, you can do it, that, that encouragement. And as we go on um, to end... He talks about, um, well, he says here, starting in Second Peter chapter 3, Dear friends, this is now the second letter I've written to you in both letters. I want to stir up your sincere understanding by way of reminder so that you recall the words previously spoken by the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior given through your apostles. Above all, beware of this. Scoffers will come in the last day scoffing and following their own evil desires, saying, Where is his coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. They deliberately overlook this. By the word of God, the heavens came into being long ago, and the earth was brought from water and through water. Through these, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. I love that reminder that Peter gives that um, don't forget that the Savior is coming again. Don't forget and don't be swayed when the scoffers will come and and say, he's not coming yet. What are you talking about? Um, don't, don't believe, don't have faith. And then I'm reminded as we go back to the very beginning of first, first Peter chapter one that we read at the beginning, um, that hope, the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I think this is a great reminder for all of us of, um, what our hope is and who we're focusing on, um, as, 
we remember that he is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he's going to come again. So if this episode hits you in a low spot or going through something difficult, um, hopefully your study in First and Second Peter will bring you comfort, power, and a little bit of hope. Um, remember the world gets endurance wrong. To endure in faith means to change. Uh, remember there's a point to it, that there's a goal for that endurance and an end of the faith, which is Jesus Christ. And remember that there's hope throughout all of it. Thank you so much for being with us this 100th episode. And thank you if you've been with us the past 100 episodes. It's great to be with you. And we love being a part of this community. And and um, yeah, thank you for following along. Um, we are still selling the study record on our website, scripturestudyproject.com. So if you want to jump over there, um, if it's something you think that would help your study in the Book of Mormon, um, we've got some pictures up there of the inside and what it'll look like. And we've described it in a previous couple of episodes. So if you think it's something that'll help you, um, we have those available for you. Um, but have a wonderful week and we will see you next episode.